Good evening, everybody. Thanks for waiting with us as we got some technical stuff sorted out. Welcome to the What's on Joe Mine team stream. I'm your host, Mike Irizarry. How's everybody doing this evening? What's up? Hey, great. Friday. As you can see, we have a, a guest in our normal cast of characters with us today. First off, of course, the queen of G.I. Joe cosplay. I'm, I'm, I've got my own... Uh, my own problems going on this end. Wow, all this time we're late, and I'm still screwing things up. Anyway, the uh, the queen of GI Joe cosplay. That's right. It's Mark Weber. That's what I'm talking about. Wait, wait no, I'm sorry. My notes are my notes are incorrect. The first lady of of GI Joe cosplay is Joe Colton. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. Drink lots of wine. Have lots of beers. It's great. No kidding. <laughs> so, uh. Any anything new in Washington, Joe, or is it just another quiet week in the Beltway? Just ri really rambunctious bunch this week. That's good. It's a good party. Yeah, a lot of spirit. Yeah, yeah. a lot of climbing of walls. It's parkour. It's parkour. It's it's healthy. That's right. Keep everybody in shape. Like parkour from the office, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Also joining us tonight, he's a regular. He's the former head of marketing for the G.I. Joe brand. We just call him the honcho. That's Mark Weber. And look at this. Look at the fabulous castle. We're, uh, we're in an all-new location tonight downstairs, right? They, they didn't. Uh, you're up, it's upstairs from normal, right? Aren't you normally down in the basement? Uh, no, normally I'm upstairs in the, okay, in the corner of, of the master bedroom. So at this now, point, do they have a gate? The gate you is the, in? the get well technically it's really for the dog because the dog and the cat don't get along so the cat gets upstairs and the and the dog gets downstairs and we think they'll get along they've had a year to figure it out so any year now you know they're gonna figure it out so but until then yeah we gotta hurdle the baby gate that keeps the cat away from the dog nice yeah that's how I roll pretty classy. And uh, joining us as a last-minute special guest, because he went and dropped news like an hour ago. Absolutely. It, <laughs> I don't even know what, what your title is now, and technically, Terry, so we'll, we'll let you describe yourself. Terry Desard is with us, longtime stalwart of the G.I. Joe community. And Woo! free from the shackles of contracts and web development and community management and all that fun stuff. I think so I, get, I would I would suggest community icon. Icon. Yeah. I and I'm not I'm not, you know, just blowing smoke. I like that. So we're G.I. Joe legend, any of that. And I'm not being I'm not being facetious. Like Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Only the best on what's like well this week, only the best. Some other weeks, eh, you know. <laughs> You're going to make all of our other guests self-conscious, Mark. Don't do that. No, no. All, almost all of them are great. Oh, uh, but again, he's bitter. He's, no. he's, he's He's not bitter, and that's what's important. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm bitter so much as an acquired taste. Yeah, you know, coffee's bitter, and it's pretty great. Right? That's a good point. I mean, it's like Terry sure, and I get lost. <laughs> what once you put other stuff in it to make it not taste so much like coffee. 
that's, so making, that's just making fancy hot chocolate at that point. Uh, look, I'm not saying you're wrong, but anyhow, but uh, it is January 8th. Of course, you guys know that it's been January 8th all day. And it's been a busy week, and we're going to try and stay away from current events as much as possible because we figure at this point it's the weekend and we could all use a little bit of a distraction. Um, uh, so let's let's talk about some G.I. Joe. Terry, about an hour ago I was putting this thing together, and Mark sends me an instant message saying, Hey, look what Terry just posted on Facebook. So, Terry, maybe you'd like to describe this to me, because I'm hearing about it for the first time live right now on our program. Well, a couple of years ago, I was talking with some of our people that have had a relationship with us at Yojo, and we like to put out some type of exclusive. You know, we did a comic book back in 2006, and, you know, we've participated with some other groups. You know, we helped uh, 3D Joes with the restoration of the USS flag, you know, packaging artwork and making those as posters. So <clears throat> the idea was, well, since there's a lot of these custom uh, factory-made figures that are out right now, and maybe this is an opportunity to create a lost character that never got a figure. And, you know, which one would be simple enough and cost-efficient enough and would also had the right tooling that would be available to do that and we settled on sparks which i thought was perfect i love revenge of cobra from the sunbow series and you know that was a good character who just never got his due yeah except and, for uh, uh, an addition from the collector's club which was eh, okay yeah yeah uh, yeah we were before this was before the collector's club version Oh, wow. Uh, We're going back a ways. Yeah. Uh, when did that one come out? Collector's Club version. It would have been, uh, I mean, first Atlanta. Okay. That, was the, that was Tanks for the Memories. Oh, that, that was, yeah, 07. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 2007. I, I could look it up, but I would go to a website I don't go to anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, a website that's going to have some really significant changes here in the future, it sounds like. Yeah, so, anyway. Yeah, anyway. best of luck to them. Anyhow. Yeah, right. So, are we, going to, uh, are we going to display the images that you posted to Facebook now, Terry? Sure, let's start here. All right, so, there he is. There he is. There is Mr. Sparks. Yeah. And it looks like a, a, a real... Simple but effective recipe there. One of my uh, favorite designers in the whole industry uh, put this together, and he did a very, very good job. It I, a lot of things have been redacted so that this image could be shown, but when it was all put together, um, it was very, very professional. It's just like what they would have done when they were working for another large New England toy company <clears throat> that didn't care for something that he put on a toy one time. But um, <laughs> well, they all do something like that. Right. But the design was 
I don't know. I wanted something that fit in with the 1982 to 83 figures, you know, that would mesh in with that, that wouldn't look out of place. Because a lot of those, you know, oh, hey, we made a general flag. Well, you did it using headman parts and a head that looks like John Kerry and a hat. And, uh, you know, just doesn't mesh well with your original line. So I thought sparks would work, you know, using uh, the head was from Blowtorch from 84. And then your normal um, uh, breaker body almost all the way through. And then the accessories were pretty simple. Um, of course, breaker's headset with, but snipping off the, the cable because in the cartoon, the cable didn't attach to his backpack. Mm -hmm. And then we're looking through all the different, you know, real American hero backpacks, like which one would fit because the one that the club used was just way too big and it didn't look right. And Agreed. so I said, you know, the one that Lifeline version one has looks great. And they did it in brown for the accessory pack. And they said, you know, doing that in green would, you know, and taking these colors were copied directly from, you know, the animation. So we tried to get those as close as possible to match. And so you have the backpack and helmet. And the best part, my favorite part, is the cartoon laser rifle with uh, two or three decos. I think, oh, we lost those. Yeah, three ops on the gun itself for the black or gunmetal gray paint that'd be put on it. And I was foreseeing overproducing those and then being able to hand out just, you know, baggies full of these rifles for people. Okay. Yeah. It's, way, it's way cool because so few chill weapons have had paint apps on them at all. Right. Right. And what the plan for this was to have it be a giveaway because if we're doing this without a, a whole lot of official endorsement, which we were, we were working on um, and discussing that at the time. And uh, if it were, were to be released without endorsement, you know, we would just do it very quickly, quietly. And anybody that wanted to sign up for the then, you know, brand new at the time uh, collection management system, and then it had a buy, sell trade engine attached to it. So people who signed up and became members of Yojo would get a free figure in the mail and a free couple of free guns. So nice. I think you know that that was to you know drive and show that you know we had totally rebuilt the site. You know we spent a good two years just grinding on it, trying to get all that content shifted over, and then then adding current content at the same time. And then backfilling because we ended up with a data dump from uh, Ace All Good for the 12 inch figures. And so we had to bring in all of the vintage stuff into Yojo. And so we had so many things going on all at the same time, building this up, trying to make it the most complete you know, database that we can and you know, offer you know, something I've always wanted to do, which was a collection management system. You know, I don't. I don't think anybody's ever really done a good version of that and being able to just browse through a website and put check boxes next to, Oh, I got this. 
and then say, oh, hey, you know, I just bought this. I'll take a picture of it and then upload it and to and attach it. Oh, <laughs> no, of course. That's the Love best it. phone ring ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 work, it describes my work very well. <laughs> so can I just say that this is what I envisioned as the retro line, not what we're getting? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I just want to say that. Yeah. You know, I heard about that. I got a hundred of these. I thought, hey, that's cool. There's still some tooling around. I'm sure they could find literally anything and release some O-ring figures. Though that would, you know, really get some attention drawn towards that. Maybe that's what people want. But, you know, the large sales numbers from the six-inch line say otherwise. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue that uh, classified is is certainly a hit. Oh yeah, well, and all of Hasbro's six-inch line figures are a massive hit. You know, that Ghostbusters. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like how Sparks here uses the the blowtorch head because, I mean, blowtorch obviously it's a real ubiquitous kind of figure. It's one that everybody has, but. Nobody really pays much attention to what he looks like because he's got that mask on all the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I like that uh, he gets a chance to to show off his visage. It was either going to be Blowtorch, and then I was looking at um, Thunder from the Slugger. Mm. Because mm. That, that was a head that actually was designed in 82, and yeah. I believe it was going to be, you know, part of that line. Yeah, so. the uh, the John Wayne ripcord head. But I I don't I'm glad that went with this one because that one that one got a lot of use over the years. Yeah, and I wouldn't I don't know that I could endorse the de-redification of anyone's hair. So <laughs> I think you got to leave Thunder alone, <laughs> personally. But I like I like this because the texturing of the hair. Makes mm -hmm. it a little a little different from the from the basic eighty two guy. No, I say basic, but you know the eighty two line had so many reused parts that uh, well, it, giving it's, giving him a unique head for that era uh, makes him stand out in a really good way. Absolutely, and I I believe Deep Six, uh, Blowtorch, Thunder, and uh, maybe a couple others. They were originally designed for that 82 line or were designed shortly thereafter, sculpted shortly after. And then they were just kind of held back until, you know, the uh, 84 year where they couldn't even put, in, put those in. And they all ended up on, on driver figures, except for this one. But I thought it came out really well. Um, the designer who put this all together is frankly, one of the very best in the business. And uh, if people you know hire him, they're getting really somebody that's spectacular. So we we see this, and is there ever a chance of this guy getting out through other channels? Probably not. Um, I mean, never say never, but I can say that with my departure from yojo.com as well as the rest of the staff um i don't 
see using that as a vehicle to do this. No, no, of course not. No, no. Yeah, obviously, that, that that bridge is burned, and then they they went and pushed the ashes into the river, so they drifted away. But um, yeah. but there's other groups, you know. There's other groups that have uh, released a figure. You know, uh, Joe Declassified released that really really cool um, sightline figure, making a vintage version of the the one from what was it 2016? Mm -hmm. Pretty sure. Yeah, and so. There's always a possibility. <laughs> Weber's laughing because that's that was uh, during his run on the brand. So anytime, anytime you mention something that came out when he was in charge, he he giggles a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, you look as happy as a kid right now, Weber. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the sightline figure is, you know, it meant something. It was a lot more. Than just an action figure, right? Yeah. And yeah. and I and I always I'm always very careful not to overplay that, right? Because I didn't know Gary, but I knew how important he was to the community. And so the fact that we got that made was something I was I've always been proud of. So yeah, happy about that. So yeah, we'll uh, tell you what, man, we'll uh, we'll make some calls. Maybe we're not done with this yet. I don't know. Yeah. That would be spectacular. That would be great. Can't promise nothing, but maybe. We, if one thing, 10 years of what's on Joe Mind has given me an extensive Rolodex. So let me uh, let me, let me me fish that out. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Cool. So anyways, Terry, what we were going to do uh, before you, you, you drop this, this on us tonight... Uh, we were going to do a, a postdoc episode, answer some viewer questions. So if you're more than welcome to stick with us the rest of the time we're here tonight. Absolutely. Yay! But uh, before we do any of that, we do have a little bit of news. Do, 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 do. Hey, look, she hit her cue tonight. Right? It's going to be a good night. She's showing if off. Colton's, if Joe Colton's paying attention, it's going to be a good night. She's like, we got guests over. We got to get out the good China. Yes. <laughs> Terry's visiting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, first news item. Uh, the New York Toy Fair has been canceled. No. The New no. York Toy Fair, the first major toy show of most calendar years, has been canceled for 2021. Previously, the convention had been pushed back from its customary February dates to May 1st to the 4th. Uh, in a press release, the show's organizers, Toy Association, cited the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic as the reason for the cancellation and said, quote, as uncertainty about the pandemic persists, the Toy Association remains keyed into what is possible, concentrating on its digital business offerings, bringing the industry back together in person for Toy Fair Dallas 2021 from Tuesday, October 5 through Thursday, October 7 and looking ahead to Toy Fair New York 2022 from Saturday, February 19 through Tuesday, February 22 in a newly expanded Jacob K. Javits Center, which will allow for new exhibitors, new educational offerings, expanded networking opportunities, and more, end quote. So at first we were dealing with a, uh, a, a postponement and now we've got a cancellation and unfortunately uh, New York Toy Fair is off the board for 2021. Mark, you're the industry show. pro. What does that affect? 
Well, I mean, New York Toy Fair was always the great big one, right? And mm -hmm. so the, the very first thing it does, it makes Dallas Toy Fair the most important one they've probably ever held. Uh, yeah. And sometimes, and I've been at big companies and medium companies and really small companies. And sometimes uh, the small companies, not just their best foot, but their only foot is sometimes, uh, only foot forward is at Dallas Toy Fair. So it'll be interesting to see if those little guys actually get squeezed out by the big guys who are suddenly, you know, holding Dallas Toy Fair in higher esteem. Again, this is hoping that things are better and that Dallas can, you know, can come off as usual. But it's a it's a big deal. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, most companies save stuff and gear up their release calendars to be around New York Toy Fair as the big news dump. Mm -hmm. If it actually spreads out a little bit, you might get more traction by releasing something in early January, right? Or late February, because you aren't gonna get steamrolled by Lego and all the, you know, all the big dogs. So I would assume that they wouldn't just news dump business as usual. I wouldn't, I would spread it out. And so if you were, Oh, I don't know. Hasbro, maybe you would split up your big brands and have Nerf on one week and have, you know, G.I. Joe another time and Star Wars another time. And they really have been have been doing really good work, I think, with the Hasbro Pulse. And this is a, a great vehicle for them to push forward all of their stuff. If it's if it's released first on the Pulse and then almost immediately followed up by the same images and news releases and press releases going out to the mainstream media. It's almost the same thing, but it gives, you know, some uh, swag to the pulse because they had it first. So it's a really good opportunity for that, for Joe fans uh, and fans of, of anything Hasbro. And I'm sure other companies will, will at least think about doing it the same way. Or, and there, you know, some companies may just do it, you know, the same way they've always planned. No, we'll release it, you know, right around Valentine's Day all at once. It'll be interesting to see how companies uh, respond, but it is definitely an opportunity to, you know, kind of deviate from what's, you know, how it's always been done. I also think about. See now that the so the Javits Center is already huge as it is, but now they're making it even bigger, which is also what they're trying to do to San Diego Comic Con's uh, big convention center. So I wonder how how many more if they're going to have a little guy section uh, that's bigger now for them instead of like right. crammed in in twenty twenty two at at New York Toy Fair. Well, and, and New York Toy Fair has changed tremendously over the yeah. years. It used to be a wide open floor. And if you mm -hmm. had access, you could walk up and see everything and talk to anyone. But now most of the mid major booths are curtained off mm -hmm. and by appointment only. And the great big guys are off site. Hasbro isn't in the Javits Center. Mattel usually isn't in the Javits Center. I don't think Lego is. So, you know, it is New York Toy Fair and it's a big deal. But some of the biggest, uh, you know, dogs in that overall fight aren't even there they're nearby so yeah. it's part of a toy buyer's regular trip but um 
it's smart of them to get bigger, just like it's really smart of San Diego because Las Vegas has been trying to get that comic convention forever. Yeah. And they've got nothing but space, right? Right. And yeah. the one everyone loves San Diego Comic Con, but even the most ardent fan would tell you it's kind of pitched. Right? It's it, it needs it's growth. Yeah, it needs growth. And it was weird when I went there last time they had said that they were gonna like they were pitching to the city to make it bigger. And I was like, Are they going into the water? What are they doing? Right. Like it they, it was just it was ridiculous. Like there's no room to like even the vendors were squashed. Like the big guys were just crammed in. So I don't know. I'm excited well, for been, both. <laughs> that's been the lament of comic mm -hmm. of true comic book fans and the illustrators and the industry guys is it's not even a comic book convention anymore, right? Yeah. It is, it, I mean they don't want to they don't want to bite the hand, but mm -hmm. it has become an entertainment convention. And oh, got totally. so huge, and that would be a good thing if the comic guys still had more of a foothold there, and they're just getting squeezed. So, it'd be interesting to see what they did with both. Well, even sure. even uh, what is it? D twenty three? Is it D three? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they took a lot of their stuff out just to just to do it at their own venue because they were just so constricted at San Diego. Like, not that yeah. they pulled all their stuff, but. They're trying, they were at, at the time, I saw that they were slowly taking away their main, their major announcements and they were like waiting for their own convention to like release. Like they'll have a sneak peek and then at theirs they'll have a bigger, bigger trailer. Sorry. To um, you're okay. But before we get too far off topic, because now we're, we're out of the toy industry stuff and right. getting into <laughs> con life in general. We don't want to, we don't want to get too far into this. We could spend a, all the rest of the night on that. We got a lot more to do. So yeah, next news item. The G.I. Joe Retro Collection Wave 4 has been released to retailers. Uh, first revealed by Histech.com, the listings for three more retro figures have been discovered at German retailer Indie und Spiel using filler codenames Atlas, Leo, and Meteor. The site also points out that Atlas is likely a Cobra Trooper, as the classified line lists its Wave 3 Cobra Trooper as Atlas 2 in its listings. So three three more for Wave 4. Uh, doesn't look like there were any vehicles included on that, which is odd, because I would certainly circle the vehicles in the retro packaging line as the high points. For sure. But, um, so I, I guess we... More. I was going to say, I wonder what combination of parts they're going to use for the Cobra Trooper. You know, you have several iterations of it now. Some look great, and the 25th stuff looks pretty pretty soft in comparison. Right, right. I'm, I'm kind of hoping they go more 50th line or Pursuit of Cobra. Right. Or even, even if they just go with the one that they put out in that San Diego missile defense diorama. That would be okay. That's yeah. pretty much what the Cobra Commander was. Is very is mostly that mm. that came out. That's in Wave Three, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that, 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 sorry, that San Diego set that they put out, that missile one, that was a really good set, boy. Somebody <laughs> did some really good work on that. Look at those cheeks. They're just like just smiles and cheeks. Just giggling away. Proud Papa. 
He's like the Pillsbury Doughboy over there. We just touched his <laughs> tummy and he's giggling away. <laughs> Honestly, what that what that gave to the community. I know there weren't a whole lot of those sets made, but one, it brought awareness of that set to many collectors who didn't know about it. And two, there's some of us are not going to be able to afford what's it going for now? Like six grand, you know, for a complete one in a box. It's it's not obtainable for for almost anyone. So that was a great opportunity to at least put some more out into the into the secondary market. And that was, I think, the only Joe product that Bobby Valla and I got to work together on. The only one. We only we only got to collaborate on one thing because we were we worked at the same time and he was on Transformers when I was on Transformers. So we've been friendly forever, but we hadn't actually got to collaborate. And of the two of us, the one who actually did the better work was the packaging guy. The guy who did the packaging, who made it look weathered, but new. It was outstanding. It's my favorite part of that whole thing. And I had nothing to do with that. That was brilliant. So good. So give it up to packaging guy. Because he killed it. Okay. Well, next news item. We've got some new Funko Pops to look forward to. Uh, Scarlet Baroness Snake Eyes version 2 and Storm Shadow version 2. We can expect them on our shelves at some point later in the year. Probably more like the fall. But uh, anybody really looking forward to any of those? You know, I bought the Zartan, and it's pretty cool. And a good buddy of mine bought the Shipwreck, and that was pretty cool. I think people are going to pick the one character that they identify with. So you're not going to have a huge line, but it's still pretty neat. Like that beachhead that was, what, uh, New York Comic Con exclusive last year? Uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, some kind of exclusive. Let Mike reach into the beachhead pile. Yeah, the 20, 20, 2020, 2020 fall convention limited edition. It's the only one I've seen yet that has like an accurate looking, you know, accessory uh, rifle with it. So that's I, I, think, cool. I think Leatherhead did or Leatherneck did. Yeah, Leatherneck. It came out. Those were right, right around the same time. Yeah, Le- Leatherneck. I think is out there now. So. Yeah, and the new Snake Eyes with his itty bitty Uzi. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, Snake Eyes is probably fine because you didn't have those little dead eyes. Like you, don't like, you don't like the dead eyes? I do not. I do not. I have the beachhead one because I kind of have to. I've I've painted myself into that corner. Yeah. But the only other fun Funko Pop I have was a gift. It was Cobra Commander, and I think he's my favorite one because no eyes. See, what's interesting about those is those first four came out years ago. Yeah. And then, like, nothing. So I was like, okay, they did five or six different, you know, variants, four figures, and that was it. You know, they were done with G.I. Joe. And then all of a sudden, there's a clear Zartan or a uh, camouflage Zartan and the regular Zartan. I really want that camouflage Zartan. (laughs) (laughs) It's the king of the toy aisle, man. They woke the sleeping beast. Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of strange things coming out. And I don't know if it was because of you know, a stalled movie that's been set back or not. But 
those uh, plastic little statues from GameStop and Big Bad Toy Store. Those things are awesome for what they are. Yeah. Know? And the second wave that has Serpentor, that thing is amazing. It's not yeah, as cool that as the is... $800 statue that was released recently, but... For 50 yeah, bucks, you're not doing a whole lot better than that Serpentor statue. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, it's the statue nice. is awesome, but is yeah. it sixteen times more awesome than the fifty dollar guy? Uh, nah, no, right? I have to see it in front of me. They're big. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I. <laughs> but it has to be like on a on a literal pedestal in your house somewhere, right? I wanted There's the scarlet one, but then the yeah. HVAC went out and. I had to cancel my order. Oh yeah, it was good. It was good looking. It really yeah, was. she yeah. was gorgeous. Yeah, you and your responsibilities, Red Joe Colton. I know. I'm like adulting. The the Baroness one, which is I think the last one. That one first, I'm like ah, Baroness, whatever. You know, it, sometimes they get just a little over stylized. But then I looked at this one, and I'm like, wow, they have all the details of the moray on this, like. Mm -hmm faithfully you know and uh you know her gun looks just like the one in the packaging and they did some amazing work on that yeah one thing about the uh, uh the fun oh sorry one thing about the funko pops that i think is interesting or potentially interesting when they say snake eyes version two and storm shadow version two i think all four of us get the exact same vision in our mind right Right. We're, we're thinking the mm -hmm. night visor and the, the eagle sword and maybe a wolf. And we're thinking about you know the digital camo and the first G.I. Joe Storm Shadow. But is it possible they don't mean that? Is it their second version? Because those mm -hmm. are the key characters from the upcoming movie. And the movie is releasing, we believe, at a similar time frame. So could they actually be movie-based Funko Pops. Maybe. Maybe, but you know, think about the Storm Shadow we just got in the Classics line. It was a 1992 Ninja Force version for no apparent reason, which was awesome. Yeah. But one of the ones that Funko did years ago was the 84 Storm Shadow, okay? so I could see them not doing him again. So I, I, I do think it'll be something different, but... And they also did uh, one of the South American variants, the Black Ninja. Yeah. Ninja Koo. Yeah, over the, you know, umpteen zillion variations. Joe Colton, that's the news. Do, 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 do. There we go. See, she's on it. She's got it. It took her a second on that one. She was a little frightened because I called her out, but whatever. She got it done. And that is going to bring us to postdoc. And just bear with me as I get our postdoc graphics. Not graphics. Graphics. Ooh. And uh, I got mine ready. Talk among yourself. Talk amongst yourselves. Here's. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. In case you're wondering where this comes from. It's great. Okay. First question. If you had enough money to get just one, just get one figure vehicle or playset from a real American hero, and it's not the USS flag, what would it be? Ooh. 
And then second question, what would you like to see Hasbro do next year for the 40th anniversary of a real American hero? And that is from Joe Self via Twitter. Mark Weber, we'll start with you. One figure vehicle or playset, and it's not the flag. I mean, for me, it was it was the one I just got. Um, and I don't really have a third place one that's that's you know screaming to get pub, but I never had the Defiant ever. And I didn't know anyone who had the Defiant growing up. And I avoided it forever because it doesn't make much sense to get one that's 80% complete because you're going to pay the same amount for that 20% you're missing. So I waited forever until I finally found one that was complete and local enough to drive, inspect, and pick up. And I finally found one uh, up in New Hampshire and picked it up this fall. So that was that was the one. If I had really a holy grail, it was the Defiant. So I managed to scratch that itch this year. So I was pretty, pretty happy about that. Joe Colton, how about you? So I, uh, I had to sell my Defiant uh, to get money for school and ah. yeah, and, and my car and then work several jobs um, for school. So keep I would say, on, keep pouring it on. Yeah. I would say the defiant, like I would love to get my hands on another defiant, but that's my Ter holy grail. I don't want the flag. Terry Desard. How about you? GI Joe general. Interesting. Absolutely. I love that thing. It was a giant mortar. It had sounds. It had light headlights. It fired a big projectile. You could put the entire year, that year's figures all in one vehicle. You know, it was amazing. And it was featured in the cartoon. How could you not like it? You know, when you're a nine-year-old kid. I, I came in the line a little bit later than some. Yeah, you're younger than we are. You're just a pup. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, for me, the general. Except for Joe Colton, who's 28. That's right. And, right. and talking right. talking Battle Commander, Cobra Commander. Okay. That's okay. what I'll get you. And you say that over and over and over and over. For me, the great unrequited dream was always the Terradrome. And I, I even, I have a Junker Terradrome in storage, but it's not the same. I, I would... I, I did, never had a great affection for the flag, I hate to say. I know that's blasphemous, but it just, it was so big. Like, it was cool to see, but then the reality of it sets in. Well, where's everything else going to go? And what if I don't want to play G.I. Joe that day? And, you know, so, yeah, the, the flag was just, was just never, it, it was never realistic, right? But the Terradrome, the Terradrome you could do and never had one. So I, I would go Terradrome. The flag is a better dream than reality, right? Yeah. If you never Kinda. had it, you're like, oh. But I mean, yeah, it's, if, I had, it's if I had a basement, man. it's going right on that ping pong table. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> well, you know, the flag I think is one of those. Like you said, it's more of a dream than reality, but it also drives people to the to the brand to want to start collecting again because they remember, you know, the awe of that, and then. Yeah, maybe they'll build up a collection to where they can justify a flag. But I when see I, it as a, as a good entry point, you know, to start discussion with somebody who maybe isn't a collector yet. When I worked at McFarland Toys, we brought in a head of sales named John Shobe, a great guy, great sales guy, Texan, 
just one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. And he was a sales rep for Hasbro back in 84, 85, 86. Found out I was a Joe fan. And so I was picking his brain one day and I said, tell me about trying to sell the flag in to retailers. <laughs> and he cracked this gigantic grin and in his best Texan, Texas drawl, he said, God damn, Webb, we used to call that thing the coffee table. So anyway, second part of this question, what would you like to see Hasbro do for the 40th anniversary of Real American Hero, Mark Weber? Would you believe that I actually had a pitch for this? Go ahead. I wanted to get out a couple of years prior, but 40th was the fallback. And this was with really limited tooling and really limited item count. Naturally. It was trying, trying to re-release the entire first year. Mm -hmm. So everything that came out in the first year in the 25th anniversary or 50th anniversary styling. And I was going to use what tooling I could to fix some of the issues like the terrible flash and grand slam with the cuts right across the chest. I was going to redo at least the torsos to give them uh, a secondary vest over the cut and things like that uh, to put out a short fuse that didn't come in a hundred dollar battle set, right? Uh, and some people would have seen it as blasphemous because to save item count, I had to put the figures together as two packs, but I also bled out some of the original Joes that came carded in 82 and put them in vehicle packs, but the ones they were pictured in. So Breaker was gonna come with the Ram and Flash, mm ironically, was going to come with the jump, even though that's Grand Slam's jam. But it wasn't until a whole year later, right? Right. So Flash was going to come with the jump, and mm. it was rock and roll with the flack, I think. Yes. So, so those, those, those toys that came originally boxed with no figure would have come with a figure in uh, the other bit. And then to balance out the vehicle sizing, and to save me item count, I would have put the Mobat towing the MMS and the Vamp with the HAL. Because the Vamp and the HAL were medium-sized vehicles. The Mobat was large and the MMS was small. So I thought, and, and I don't know if I would have been able to get motorization in the Vamp to make the money work. But that was my pitch, was to get the entire 82 line out again to retail. And it only would have taken like four or five item counts and not much tooling. And I just never got it approved. I tried so hard. And it's a, one of my laments is that I had something that I think would have sold great. It would have used all the original artwork. Uh, it wouldn't have cost much to make. Mm. And I think, it, I think that it like, you know, in reality, they would have, they wouldn't have believed in it too much. So they wouldn't have made much of it. But I think the community would have eaten it alive. And it would have been the spark that would have maybe got Joe back off the deck while we were waiting for this new movie to come out. So I was a couple, I, I pitched it, I think three solid times and all three times could not get it approved. Oh, you had you had my money, but there you go. I mean, innocuous postdoc question turns into actual actual history tidbit of the yep. GI Joe franchise. Yeah, never. I never. I never talked about that before. 
So there you go. Breaking sports news right here. On Joe what's Colton, on Joe Mai. Joe Colton, what, what do you want to see him do for the 40th? Uh, so a movie, <laughs> like an <Right>? actual movie. <laughs> so we're going um, to play that old chestnut, huh? We're going yeah. to drag that one out. There's a movie. It's done already. <laughs> sure. Um, so I would say maybe re-release um, the cartoon with some behind the scenes or interviews with the illustrators um, and maybe have um, like a DVD set that has a special like some of the cells that they used to use copies of a cell that people can frame um, something unique that you haven't seen before uh, that wouldn't cost them a lot because they don't like to spend money but would be very nostalgic to us. Something, okay. you I know, like movie, whatever. Terry. I actually was talking about this with some people a while back and I came up with a rapid deployment strike team alpha codenamed GI Joe for 2022. And the idea would be to take that concept of that first year, like what Mark was talking about, but update it for the modern 21st century battlefield, which is severely evolved over the last just 10 years. You know, what you're going to see flying in 10, 15 years is incredible. Like, you know, um, the V-tailed uh, twin rotor, um, it's sort of like an Osprey, but much smaller. It's like if you took a Blackhawk and gave it propellers, you know, that's easily your, you know, your Tomahawk version too. You know, there's all kinds of new things coming out like that. That would be great basis for new vehicles and new figures. And you do, you know, that kind of line instead of being a hundred bucks in the eighties, try to keep, you know, the total line cost at like two fifty, and you could probably sell the whole thing. Um, but yeah, re-envision rebuild restart show what the modern battlefield looks like because that's what the hasbro people did back in the 80s they were able to go to proving grounds to go look at prototype tanks and weapons and things and the the mauler is a real tank there was a real tank designed for the 82nd airborne yeah. so that you'd be able to kick it out of the back of a c-130 and have a light tank right there with the infantry and, um, and of course, that never really developed. They argued over you know what gun and you know Soviet armor and so on. But there's a prototype sitting there rusting away, and it's ident I mean, identical to the Mauler. I think I even have a photo of it. But uh, yeah, put together a re-release, modernize it for the 21st century. Get a really good artist to do some really great packaging art because that will make it stick out more than anything else that's in the in the toy aisle with everything is in a plastic shell and that's I like that a lot me yeah, i would settle for a run of o-ring style figures i think that would be the ultimate throwback uh, i wouldn't even necessarily care which ones give us a selection over the course of real american hero see i'm I'm an O-ring only collector. Like that's I'm paring my collection down to just that, and then you know the '90s 12-inch stuff. Mm -hmm. And when I look at um, oh, what is it? Um, 
uh, Marauder and their figure design. It has all of the joints of like a 50th anniversary, you know, to, uh, uh, you know that post 25th anniversary style. Really sharp, really great lines, good details. But there's no split across the middle of the chest. They put a large ball in the center of the hip, and then that locks into the torso and gives yeah. you a torso that has exactly the same range of motion of an O-ring figure. So if you wanted to make it vintage and you didn't want to do an O-ring, fine. Pop off the legs and the arms, put the old-style ones on there, but keep that ball. You're no longer replacing O-rings in your costume when they snap. You want to go... I just think that's like a critical design element and brilliant of whoever designed that to make that design because that chest cut is so ugly and you know, you're trying to put accessories on to cover it up and you can't do the detail. It's just, that was just a bad, you know, if you look at like the, the buck, so to speak, you know, of a, of a blank figure, that's just a bad design. You know, yeah. my opinion. no, <laughs> Not, 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 not just opinion. yours. <laughs> yeah. What's so the word you like to use there, Weber? Brutal chest cut. And if anybody out there wants to argue, you can find me and Terry back to back. That's Dual right. Wielding and saying, "Come at me, bro." <laughs> the one thing uh, I was talking about vehicles. The one, the one thing that GI Joe started it all was the Mauler. Like it was all based around a tank and then it grew from there. So I always think that GI Joe should start with a tank. Kids love tanks. And there's a stealth tank that Poland invented. It's not a it's not a joke. And it looks like the Mauler updated. It's it's incredible or the Mobat updated. It's incredible. Nice. And it would be a perfect fit for something like that. And you know, maybe you call it the the Mattis. I think that'd be cool. Instead of the Mobat, they get in the Mattis or the Patton. There you go. As, lo as long as they give the stealth tank driver a really small microphone, I'm yes. down with it. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What's a thing you were sure you wanted, but once you got it, it was just meh. That's from Vagon via Twitter. There's Doc. Oh, man. And he says, meh. Meh. Can I start? Go ahead, yeah. Jerry. The Defiant. Oh. <laughs> now half I'm, the, half the panel wants to fight Terry. Get out! I'll <laughs> <laughs> go, go put a bayonet on a rifle and we'll be good. Um... <laughs> For the best, Terry. Good, good plan. Yeah. You know, I got it, and it's so fragile. It's beautiful when you have all the pieces to it, and I had all the little bits and bobs, and paid a lot of money for it, and it arrived a little bit damaged. I was disappointed, but when you crank the thing up, it only goes up to about a forty-five degree angle. All the advertising showed it being ninety degrees, and the reason why is apocryphal story during play test the whole thing the booster and the shuttle fell and broke the kids fingers Ooh. nice so it I was did not altered. know that yeah 
it just it was unstable at that and then the little uh base where you know all the nozzles of the engines line up to the shuttles and the booster those are fragile and break and snap and it's got so many cool things on it that break you know and it's it's fragile like if you get one that's in mint condition like you put it in you know a glass box you don't touch it it's not something you ever would ever play with i mean any kid that got one for christmas probably had it bro broken up pretty good by new year's mark weber what's your uh, that's easy. easy for me i got out of joe from 90 to 97 probably and then when ebay came around the first time i'd ever seen the desert apache was on ebay mm. and i was like they made an apache now this is 99 i think maybe 98 and I got it was the, oh it was the first ebay auction where i let it get out of hand where i didn't <laughs> stop where i said i would and so i wanted it like 1 a.m some night for like 105 bucks this is 98. whoa so in, in modern dollars that's like fifty thousand uh, dollars yeah fifty seven thousand three hundred dollars in fact but i i didn't even regret it at the time i said i said i was going to stop at 70 but that guy kept bidding me up and whatever i'm getting a helicopter and he's not and then it showed up in this really small box a couple of <laughs> weeks later i had no idea no idea it looks like it might seat two like the dragonfly right mm -hmm. it doesn't even seat one no. it looks like a it looks like a paw patrol vehicle yeah the head sticking out and the arms out the window and <laughs> the box shows, you know, a supersonic fighter, uh, Lieutenant Falcon flying it, and the box art looks so great. And yeah. Hasbro has been sued so badly for misrepresentation on that. And well, part of the reason it was 105, it was sealed. It was a sealed Apache, but that was only 99, right? It wasn't. It hadn't been gone that long ebay was just yeah. kind of new so the idea it was like finding a comic shop with back issues for the first right. time You're like oh my god so yeah i bought that apache i opened it i assembled it and i kept thinking it was going to get bigger and it never did and and to top it all off the the turd on top of that sunday the stickers are of such weak quality that they all fall off and they're all neon green anyway to go on a desert you're not camo but a desert tan <laughs> helicopter it was just fail all over and i paid a lot of money for it so yeah, it was no good the, yeah. the cost cutting going from the plastic vinyl stickers to the paper stickers was the number one thing that i hated about later run gi joe I mean, sure, they were bright and garish and whatever, but they were paper. The minute you put the thing in a mud puddle or in a bathtub or, you know, play with it as a kid, those things are coming right off. Yeah, they're done. Whereas the others are, I mean, they're durable. That You're seeing them still on vehicles almost 40 years later. Yeah. Joe Colton, what's your meh? I don't know if you guys are going to like this, but uh, the 2017 con set. 
Which one and was that? For, for the folks at home, which one is that? The Battle Force oh. 2000. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with that because that's Battle Force 2000. So. Yeah, I'm like, meh. I love Battle Force 2000. <laughs> Payback. <laughs> See, I, I, uh, I, I wasn't sure I wanted that one in the first place, so that, that would not be on my list there. For me, yeah. I'll go. I'll jump in the wayback machine and say that uh, my first impression of GI Joe is that great story in the comic book in issue number five, uh, where you had the Mobat with Steeler and and uh, and Breaker and Clutch, and then the Mobat in real life is just not nearly that cool. So I would say the Mobat was the meh, hmm. meh for me. It's a, I, I agree. Yeah, it just and then the the fact that it keeps coming out to this day, I'm convinced that we'll get a Mobat re-released in the same 1982 mold one more time somewhere. God, I hope not. I, I promise you, it's going to happen. It was not released in very many other countries. I start, I started tracking them down because I wanted to have every version of the Mobat because I like hurting myself and. Um, <laughs> You know, once you go past the the North American releases, uh, I didn't find one in Europe, and I well, didn't the, the UK one. had one. The UK did yeah. have a Z Force. Yeah, but, yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. The that one, but then when you looked in South America, there's nothing, and then India, there was one. Really, India I didn't think they had the one. India is the only one that had it outside of. You know, U.S. and you know Great Britain or Western Europe with the Z Force tank. So, yeah, it's that's it. It's a very small collection. It's very hard to get. Getting that uh, Sears or distributors uh, Canadian tank that's all black for yeah, Cobra. Yeah, that one. That's a prized piece of my collection. That thing is impossible to find. And, uh, you know, then you have the Cobra Attack, you know, the cat, which is, you know, the Crimson Guard tank is pretty cool, and that's not too hard. But if you just want a green Mobat, they're everywhere. Yeah. Every shade of green you can imagine. And it's, like, the probably the least liked tank of the entire line by everybody. Yeah. I think I like the Mauler disproportionately much because it's just that much better than the Mobat. Yeah. Anyways. Next question. Hello. My question is, can a story written out as a fanfic novel become either part of the established G.I. Joe storyline or as part of an alternate like the G.I. Joe Transformer stories? Thank you, Darren Brimhall, via email. And thank you, Darren. Um, I guess the short answer to this is probably not, but never say never. Mm-hmm. Because there's all kinds of stuff that starts out as not being canon uh, for for some toys that then becomes canon later on. Uh, Shattered Glass with the Transformers universe <laughs> comes to mind almost immediately. And really, I guess the 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 decider in it all is if there's a if there was ever a fanfic novel out there that just became so popular and introduced an idea that was just so well received, yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean you never say never. Hasbro cracked that door open pretty wide with their Kindle World stuff. 
Yep. Yeah. Right? And that was that was part of a content. Well, here we go. Let me limber up so I can pat myself on the back again. Uh, but that was the we, we let the fans pick an original character from endorse official fan fiction on Kindle Worlds to get a figure made as you know, that's wasn't it wasn't, that stiletto? That's stiletto, yeah, mm -hmm. from uh, from Bill Nedro, which his yeah. and his stuff is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's writing um for Bobby Vallas Action Force right now. Yeah. So, you know, there's a little pub for two guys I like a lot, but um stiletto was great and the other the other ones in that contest were really good too so you know stiletto hasn't shown up in a movie and there hasn't been any animation and she hasn't been in the comic yet but she got an official toy release so mm -hmm. i don't think it gets any more official than that right right absolutely yeah that's yeah. some kind of canon it's kind of missing a yeah. story but but it's it's some kind of canon so there you go darren so I'd like to know how much of the figure's design came from the story versus Hasbro's input. Because I think, the, well, if that stiletto figure is really unique. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that she got any brand new parts outside of her head. No, everything um, else is reused. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that was the way it was going to be. We had so little to work with. Um, from an item count and tooling standpoint. So I think I was able to push for, okay, I have to have a new head. Whoever the, the winner is must have a unique sculpt head, which it doesn't sound like much, and truly tooling-wise it isn't, but that means it's going to cost me one new item, right, as, right. as how Hasbro allocates it. And we only got on Joe like four or five a year. So it was going to hurt but I thought it was really important. So she got that brand new head and very unique, didn't look like anything we got before. And the one thing that, here's another little inside baseball, she was gonna get Zorana's arms, oh. Uh, oh. which is what the designer put together with those sort of vented shoulder pads. Yeah. Because the designer misunderstood the character and hadn't read uh nedro's uh original text she was not ninja at all she had knives and edged weapons like lots of soldiers are trained with but i i hope he didn't just see her as of asian descent and decide oh well she must be a ninja because that wasn't her backstory at all she was yeah. full-on soldier of fortune and so that was something i got changed back to the lady j arms that she ended up with because ah. she was supposed to have sleeves, not armor. And so right. that was that was something that almost got out there that I was able to tweak. But I was a, a huge fan of Kindle Worlds and particularly Nedro's writing. I think he just got Joe in a way that very few people do. Um, and I was really happy. It was all straight up legit. The one Stiletto got more votes, um, but I was happy to see her win. Because I it thought she was a great character from just outstanding, right? That whole Kindle Worlds thing was really a really good idea because we had we had uh, seen a lot of uptake in people reading and waiting. In addition to like getting their comic book, they would wanna they were waiting to for like the next novel that was coming out for Kindle Worlds uh, for GI Joe, and it was like a little niche, but it was something that was like new and something that we hadn't seen before. So novelizations of GI Joe were like 
really good idea. I, yeah. I, I still have, I enjoyed them. So. And, and the other characters in that contest, mm -hmm. uh, Blackjack and Whisper and Adventure Team Marcus, I think, which is a good, strong name for a guy. Um, I was hoping to get those made down the road because I thought they all had some had some pull and I think they would have meant something. But we uh, we didn't quite get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I knew that we uh, I used to promote CoilCon. I used to be the show showrunner. Uh, several years ago, and we approached uh, the folks at, at Hasbro about being able to do a Whisper figure, because obviously Justin Bell was one of our co-hosts, and so we were like, hey, maybe we can get a second one out there, and they were like, nope, we own it, can't do it. We might do something with it later, and we are like, okay. Yeah, and that that's that's fine if it actually is something they're planning to do, right? Like, yeah, I mean, which at the time, I guess that was a legitimate answer. It just we kind of knew which way that one was going to go. Yeah, and we would fence with the club occasionally on that, right? Mm. If they would ask for a figure, if we told them no, we're going to do it. That's fine if we actually are going to do it. Um, so I thought, but when I worked with the club, we were pretty we were pretty clear about how limited we were in our item count and upcoming releases. So if I think, I don't know how it worked before I was there, but when I was there, I had a really good relationship with Brian and he seemed to know where that line kind of was of cool and kitschy, uh, but not so mainstream that Hasbro is going to say no. Mm. In a lot of cases. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. next question. Oh, it's a Canadian flag. That must mean uh, right. it's Costello. time for King of the Post-Stock, Ryan Costello. Uh, let's say you're Hasbro and you consider the classified Baron is to be success a successful test of a six-inch scale vehicle. What's your next step? Mark Weber, again, you're the guy who used to run the marketing for the G.I. Joe brand. Give, give this one a professional spin, and then we will what? fill in the tail end with our hack observations. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll try not to, to go too long. Um, but I think what a lot of people forget about Joe, because it's been a while since it was there, GI Joe is just as much a vehicle line as it is a figure line. And they're just as important to each other. And I think that's what they've lost in Star Wars in a lot of ways, is the original Star Wars line was just as much a vehicle line. And the movies tended to follow that. You can see in Empire and Jedi, you know, what new vehicles can we put in the movie that will sell as toys? They understood that, and it was important to them in the very planning process. But with Joe, they've gotten away from it, and the last times they did vehicles, it was limited to Toys R Us, and Toys R Us is the one that wanted the big $80 vehicle packs, which... Diehard collectors would buy one, but if you'd had single-packed vehicles available where people could buy multiple vamps or his tanks or whatever, mm -hmm. I think they would have got more legs, a lot more legs out of it. Anyway, so I love that they're doing vehicles for the six-inch line, and Joe has a, a pretty good roster of small-ish vehicles, right? The Trouble Bubble, the Claw, the Ram, the Armadillo. There are sizably reasonable figures that they can make work with the classified line because 
you're not getting beyond a vamp or a his tank ever. That's a that's a Haslab kind of a quest. So anything bigger than those two items is never going to happen. And for mass retail, you're looking at something small. So, but the the one I would do that I think they could do in classified because I can't see it in any current entertainment or upcoming entertainment is Serpentor and his chariot. I think that's a that's a fifty dollar buy easy, and it would look so good in the packaging that mm. I think I think that's a hands down winner. I'd love to see that in the classified line. Yeah, absolutely. Terry, go ahead. <clears throat> well, do we want to keep doing Cobra vehicles, or do, would you want to do a GI Joe vehicle? It's your next has, step. What's your next yeah, step? Barrius has the motorcycle, so let's do another motorcycle, but let's update it. Let's do the Ram. I loved the Ram because it held the figure really well, better than most other motorcycles, and it had that awesome Vulcan on the side because people know me. I have a thing for the A10 and <laughs> guns that spin, and it's a great way to kind of start introducing more vehicles you know because now you can put two figures on it and maybe you have a different sidecar maybe you have one that can hold a figure or you can switch to the gun you know what i mean there's different things you can do with that and maybe use the vehicles to start some type of you know modularity system uh, that other toys are doing where you can you know swap out weapon systems and different things and you know build off of that so terry you, you stole my idea there terry but i am oh. with you 100 <laughs> percent. figure oh. out figure out some nifty motorcycle that works and one you know that comes with one figure then another figure comes with that big vulcan cannon and it's the ram and then maybe another figure comes with a sidecar and it's a silver mirage see exactly when you look at a gi joe figure in the classified line, you get a pretty good figure. You look at something in a Marvel line for a similar price point, and you're getting, you know, an arm, a leg, a torso for another, you know, in cap piece for that wave. You're getting, you know, a big guy. Well, you could do that with smaller vehicles. You could include parts for a trouble bubble in your Cobra assortment. You know, you can include parts for a Ram or, you know, yeah, 82. There's some better stuff. I mean, you could do, I don't know, the Armadillo would be easy, you know, in that same size. Maybe the Skyhawk, you know, pulling that together from just pieces. You know, build a vehicle instead of build a figure. The original pitch for Six Inch Show had build, uh, build a vehicle as a big part of it. Ooh, and, uh, of course. And it was called GI Joe Elite at the time, and I think it would have been huge. But yeah, you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> too late, Mark Weber. Too late, right? But and well, okay. the other bit too. I just just throw it in there. Terry makes a really good point because those Marvel figures come with a significant royalty attached to them, right. and more plastic and more paint. So the classified figures have to be hysterically profitable per, if you're looking at it on a per-item basis, right? Mm -hmm. If you're comparing the two. So there's there's room in there 
if you wanted to do something uh, a little more creative with a, a build a vehicle or a build a figure or something else, that's why I I think they have to be extremely excited about the sales of the classified line because they have to be amazingly profitable. So I, I was just going to you know, say that because there's so, it's such a limited figure. I mean, it's just a figure and some accessories. It's nothing like the Marvel stuff where it has a gigantic royalty or the Star Wars stuff with a gigantic royalty attached. You know, this is 100% homegrown Hasbro. And so if you're competing in that market side by side and you're selling out pegs while Star Wars has, you know, peg warmers, you know, filling up, Hasbro's raking in cash on this line in comparison. Well, I think, I think they're raking in profitability where the the problem with raking in cash is they were so careful with their releases that they obviously didn't meet the demand and i you know it's an old uh todd mcfarland bit that you'd rather sell what was it rather sell 10 too few than make one too many and so they the appetite is there obviously so it'll be really interesting to see how year two comes out from a from a production standpoint because they are so profitable i'm sure there's there must be people inside those walls saying well let's make five times as many next year and that's that's where you know you got to be careful it's a very fine line yes. uh, and it's okay to be red hot after year one and having left some money on the table but you have to be careful how you move from there so We'll see. Joe Colton, bring it home. Um, I was going to say the Ram as well was a good um, choice or maybe a trouble bubble. Uh, they're not too big. so. Um, but if you're going, if you're focusing on the Baroness, I would do a second version, maybe uh, like a Crimson Baroness and a red bike. That way you can, you have another chance to get the bike. <laughs> Again, because if you missed out on this one, then maybe you can get it again. But if not, if we're not focusing on the Baroness, then I would say they're a Ram or a, or a Trouble Bubble. Trouble Bubble. God, now I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one thing quickly on the Ram, I think one of the, the geniuses of the original uh, design is that it's a motorcycle that doesn't tip over, right? <laughs> Almost every motorcycle toy has to be on a kickstand or leaning against something, or the rider has to have a foot on the ground if you aren't actually holding it yourself. So the idea that the Ram is a sturdy motorcycle is uh, just genius design from Joe. Mm -hmm. well, one I wanted to say, I didn't want to sound like a maniac, but I don't care. The Cobra Pogo, Pogo Ballistic Battle Ball is absolutely my favorite vehicle and i, don't care um, said. I, have, uh, I, I saw somebody said that in the comments and i was like i'm ignoring that right <laughs> so terry I is bought, a maniac i have like 20 of them i actually bought what? a lot from this guy it was a sack full of parts of that and then the cobra invader which was the oh. even better neon green and copper version oh. which i thought was awesome so yeah. Oh goodness. There's a really short list of toys, of G.I. Joe toys as a kid 
that I looked at on the shelf and went, yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> and the pogo was on there. Well, I was going to yeah. say, was the pogo one of them? Yeah, well, along with Cobra Law. And uh, I mean, I had, the low, I had the low crawl vehicle, right? Like, uh, <laughs> but, but I will say this, as an adult, uh, just a year ago or so, I've got a complete pogo. And it's amazing. It's a great toy. So I uh, I misjudged it. C and I apologize. Oh, for life. Road toad, baby. Road toad. Next question. Oh, God. Here's a, here, here's a doozy to wind up the pre-printed pre version of the mailbag. Uh, let's say there's a last Ronin-style comic story where all but one Dreadnought dies, and we follow that survivor's mission to fulfill the team's purpose solo. Oh, this is easy. Which Dreadnought do you pick to star in this story, and why? Joe Colton, you think it's easy, you go right ahead. Zartan. It's most dynamic. Uh, yeah. yeah. Too easy. Yeah, that's, that's my feeling, too. Too easy. Uh, no, no, I'll go different. I mean, who do you want as the, the last surviving member of the crew but the pirate, right? I was going to say road pig? There's the bar, baby. Come on. Yeah. Or, or so much. The dreadnoughts have, have been comic relief so much mm -hmm. that the original three, even though I, Torch was always my favorite, um, they've just been too goofy yeah. in certain iterations to see this work. But man, I could see it for Mutsy Wrench. The name doesn't really work, but the mm. look of that guy, that guy, hard edged monkey wrench. Yeah, I the could. Psycho? If, if not for the name, because it would be hard to get past the name. But yeah, I could see Monkey Wrench as the as the the one man Logan out for revenge dreadnought. I could see that. Terry. A Mad Max style version of Zorana with a cinder block on a stick, avenging the death of Road Pig. That's pretty good. I like that one best so far. Yeah. You got a female, you got a female lead. She you know, would be a great choice. You can do a lot of things with her. You know, in the comic book, she was you know the intelligent side. You know, the intelligent but also dumb side of the, the Baroness in like the mid 100s issues. They were always fighting, and, and that was kind of a cool thing, you know, that show that have that dynamic, that you know, comparison. So, yeah, I, I would actually go the other side, I'd go Road Pig because I think just because yeah. he always came across as, as being uh, damaged, he would be underestimated. Like, everybody, ah, here's this muscle guy, whatever, we'll, and, and he'd be the guy that. that there would be a lot of compelling story to be told on how he overcame his particular handicaps. So and avenge his, his woman, right? And, yeah. and like he hits me as being just, just uh, I don't want to say dopey, but he hits me as having just enough of a sweet side that he would look as the dreadnoughts as not just being a job, but being his. You know, like there'd be a sense of brotherhood for him. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't like Zartan. Like, if Zartan lost all the Dreadnoughts, he would just go get a new bunch of Dreadnoughts. He wouldn't care. The guns for hire to him. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, might, he might miss them and have a fun story to tell at some point, but in the big picture, eh, he's just going to go get some more Dreadnoughts. 
But yeah. Road Pig would be like, well, these these were my brothers. These were my this was my comrades at arms, and I will avenge them. Blah blah. Like I could see him being that kind of that kind of romantic style lead. Well, would you do the Larry Hama style of him, where there's the do I'm gonna you know, smash, and then the very eloquent Shakespearean speaking, you know, alter ego, Donald? Yes, Donald. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all for it. Yeah, that would be cool. Liked it. I I I saw Road Pig on the back of the card one year and said that you got to be kidding me. They're really scraping on Dreadnoughts. And then I read Road Pig in the comics, and Road Pig became my favorite Dreadnought very quickly. So the figure, anyways. I love the cinder block on a on an axe handle, right? And explosive. I think it's because of Rambo, but explosive arrows on his wrist. You know, and that shoulder armor piece. Just everything about him was awesome. That was a good point. Right. So where are we at? We're at an hour 20. Wow. Uh, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. My goodness. So we're uh, we're rolling right along. Get another look at Buster Rhymes real quick. But... <laughs> If, uh, if anyone in the studio audience has a quick question that you'd like us to discuss, by all means, now is the time. Um, go ahead and throw that up in the, in the, uh, the chat feed. I, I will take this moment while we're waiting on those uh, just to remind everybody that we are uh, trying to get to 500 subscribers. We are coming right along. As of the beginning of this video, we were at 342 which if you go back a month when we first started doing this is is quite a ways. So thank you to you for getting out and spreading the word and and uh, we just need more. We need more. We need to get to 500 and we'll give away some toys. There you go. Did we lose them? Oh. No, I'm just I'm doing like the Bluto and Animal House thing. Where <laughs> it looks like Cobra Commander and some army guy. There's, there's Gung Ho and there's Cobra ah. Commander from Wave Two, and and nobody has really been had a lot of luck finding these. Um, I would say we had a Red Ninja, but Joe Colton stole it, Man. so we do not. No, we don't. We don't. We didn't didn't have these in the first place. These are courtesy of Kokomo Toys. Uh, so big, big thanks to Kokomo Toys for supplying the the prize bin for getting to 500 subscribers. Uh, hashtag plug the damn show contest here. But uh, remember, please uh, subscribe, like our our video, uh, give us a comment uh, once we once things get posted, and um, and that helps us get into the rotation in YouTube's metrics. Um, take a take the the, the, the website, the, the link to this site, to this chat, and uh, and spread it around your social media, and we'll get to 500 in no time. Because uh, I, I don't think anybody's doing a show quite like we do on a weekly basis. And uh, we will, we'll be getting back to Loser Town soon. We'll be getting back to Lazy Bastard Customs soon. So there'll be even more material uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Who could that be? We don't know. That's the subject of another video. Yes. 
Here's a question. Joel McMullen asks, Mark, why were Hasbro so hung up in item count when most of Joe was existing tooling? I mean, Hasbro's hung up on item count um, regardless. I mean, across all brands. And I think overall what they, what they were always looking at was how do we make more money while producing less overall items? And so that's the story they were trying, not trying, uh, the story they were determined to tell to uh, shareholders every year was we made more money and we did it on less toys. And remember, they've been branching out for longer than I was there, for more than a decade, into being a branded play and entertainment company. So not they're not giving up toy or games, but they've been very clear about they aren't just a toy company anymore. So it was always... Uh, it was always a struggle. And, and so you would get your item count dictated at the beginning of the year. And like overall as a brand, like I came from Transformers, they'd get 200 items. And Joe, when I got to Joe, they're like, hey, you have six. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Cool. That's great. That's how we get stuff like Tiny Prime. There you go, right? Yeah. So, isn't, there a, isn't there a royalty that they still pay on Transformers? There, uh, there is, but it's small. Yeah, it's small. Yeah, and to and to uh, um, Takara, uh, you know, as part of what is was originally a handshake deal that has held up for years and years and years as a really good example of of strong corporate partnership between Takara and Hasbro. So now I, I get it. Transformers was a rock star brand. And had movies that was making you know making tons of money in animation and you know Transformers has done great things for Hasbro and Joe was fading, um, but I think it wouldn't have taken much item count to show that that spark was still out there. But they just Joe was the one that got squeezed and you would get at the end of the year sometimes they would come around and say hey we need two of your items that happened to me on Transformers a couple times. Eh, we need two of your items. Well, okay, I'll make it work. Uh, and to be clear, I didn't have 200. The overall brand had 200, and maybe I had 35 of that for generations or something. But uh, they would come around. But the brutal part was sometimes when they came around, they didn't go to the big fat brands. They didn't go to Nerf and say, we need two of yours. They would come to G.I. Joe and be like, you know how we said you have six? Yeah, you got four. It's like, you didn't take two, you took a third, right? right? That's like going to Transformers and saying, I need, oh, I don't know, 67 of your items. So <laughs> they were they were very focused on it, but, you know, uh, for a lot of their brands, it worked really well. And for Joe, it it was a squeeze. It really was. Yeah. Who, who's the 800-pound who's the gorilla in the toy aisle now, Mark Weber? Yeah. Who's the one that's causing such a stink because that target makes them impossible to find in their system, huh? I'll give you a clue. It ain't, it ain't Ghostbusters. That's right. It's not <laughs> Ghostbusters. Plenty of Ray stance still available. Yeah. yeah. It's the one line that they don't pay any extra money out to. It's cheap to produce, and it's got a high, high margin, high profit margin when it comes in. G.I. Joe should be one of their core focused groups but 
you know, who knows if there's any deal with some of the uh, bigger companies that they're partnered with that they don't want that large of a competitor on the shelf. Yeah. You know? So, and Star Wars and Marvel are what's probably keeping G.I. Joe down to a small count and a small release. Yeah. Tomorrow. We could, uh, we could like, ruminate on that for a long time, Terry. I don't want to go down. I don't want to get on that soapbox. It's not no, a soapbox. It just is what it is. <laughs> right. Anyhow, uh, let's move on into uh, what we got in. It's the time of the week where we, we brag about the stuff that showed up on our doorstep. Mark Weber, you get anything in this week? Uh, I'll go through it quick, but it is a bit of a story. Uh, Target came through on their pre-order for my hey. Firefly. So thrilled to get him. Honestly, not as bad in person as I thought he might have been because everyone felt he's kind of bulky. But this is a this is a pretty damn good figure. It really is. So digging the Firefly. And then let me tell you a quick Walmart story. Uh-oh. Here we go. So I got, I got three, three, three shipments from Walmart. All from one order, all single figures. So here's how my retro stuff came in. All from the same place. So I got a box in the mail. Great. Crack that out. Got a little packaging. That's good. And roadblock. Looking really good. Other than the lips, other than the lipstick on him. There's a paint app up there that's tremendously troubling. I don't know if I can get it close enough. Oh. That's odd. Yeah. All right. We don't shame that sort of thing around here. You do you. Right. Hey, yeah. whatever works for you, brother. So appreciate that. And Judge Ho. Right. So then I got my next one. <laughs> Terry knows where this one's going right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's Destro, complete with dented bubble. Not terrible, but. You know, the other one, the other one came in a box from the same location that was big enough to hold all three figures. Destro and Roadblock nest perfectly. Same depth bubble. So face to face, scar well, I don't want to say scarlet on top, because you know the fanboys will take that the wrong way, but my good friend Scarlet showed up. Right here. Yeah, you're digging this. Look at that. Bubble sticking up right there. Cause Did they mail it in a packet? In a in a bubble mailer. So nice. it can go through the roller and can get crushed. That's it. So I con long story long, I contacted Walmart. I said, What can you do about it? They yeah. said, We have more destros. We can send you a new destro. Here's a code. Just put this on the pack, ship it back to us. Here's the the info for your new Destro. Scarlet, however, is sold out, so we can only give you a refund. You'll and never said, find her again. <laughs> that's it. And I, and I said, it doesn't do me any good because I need the, fi the figure. Excuse me. Uh, and I said, so you've sold me something that isn't what I set out to purchase and now told me that there's no other option than to send it back. What can you do for me? And if you do that, they will give you 15% of your purchase price back. So I got two bucks back on Scarlet. There you go. So that's what I got in. And what they got in 
was a polite but pointed suggestion that collectible toys that they put on pre-order so they know that the kind of people who are coming after them should be shipped in boxes, always boxes. Did you, and end, I, it with, I, did, did you end it with, don't you know who I am? No, I always end it. I try to be polite and I say, it would save you money and keep the, and keep your uh not, I, I try to use collectors keep the consumers happier to shop at your store and then you stop talking so they think it was a period but it was a comma and you close with sucker <laughs> yeah yeah sucker <laughs> joe colton what'd you get in I got nothing. Nothing? What's up with that? Yeah, no toys this week. That's uh, no good. Terry, how about you? Uh, let's see here. A neon orange slice figure from 1993. Oh, wow. And three targets so I could put one good one together. Because for some reason, the heads on them are all starting to yellow. Huh. So that's something to look out for is that blue plastic because everything else, the blue is paint, but the uh, blue plastic on the head does yellow. That's good times. Yep. But it's a great figure. I love it. Let's get the honcho back in here. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Don't hit that button, Mark. Neon orange slice, and I freaked out. Well, I tell you what, I didn't get a whole lot in this week. I got a belated Christmas gift in the form of this package of Big League Chew. Nice. Oh, my God. Uh, which is, it's in a Ziploc bag because when I was tearing open the, the wrapping paper, I actually tore open the bag. So I don't I don't want to have rock-hard Big League Chew. I want soft and chewy Big League Chew. So there we go with that. Now, the, the interesting story on what we got in actually comes from Rack Time Rob. Um, who ordered the same stuff that Mark did. And the first one that he got was was Roadblock. And Roadblock, he's in perfectly fine condition. But he came in this box, and inside this box was this box ah. for one figure. What? And there was packing material in there, so... One figure got got two boxes plus packing material from Walmart, and the other package Rob got was was from was for Scarlet, and uh, and Rob tore open that box and this fell out. Nothing. That's right. Absolutely nothing. They shipped yeah. him an empty box. have any stock left to replace it right and then uh yes he oh. he, uh, he got the same he got the same spiel about scarlet not being available blah 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 etc cetera, etc cetera. that happened to me with walmart last week i pre-ordered the uh second uh spoiler figure for the netflix series which is the nemesis prime like cool all right 
I get it. And well, there's weird black Play-Doh. I don't know why there's black Play-Doh in this thing, but okay. And it's Ultra Magnus again. So I got two Ultra Magnus figures. Nice. That are corp they literally mailed you a robot corpse. Yes. Yes. Never did that. I mean, spoilers. Doesn't he die in like the first episode? Yeah, like the first ten minutes. Um, um, he he pulls a he pulls a, a Paul Allard Duke on us in that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm opening Big League Chew, by the way. If everybody wonders what I'm doing. Yeah. Put that black Play-Doh on Ultra Magnus, though. Never subscribe, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so I had to go to the eBay and go pay more and get the Nemesis Prime. And it's it's worth it. It's awesome. You're in the big leagues. Oh, yeah. Look at that. When you make a perfect slide. You're remember. in the big leagues when you keep the team alive. You're in the big leagues when you block a shot or two. You're in the big leagues because you're in the big league, Jew. I remember that commercial. Oh, look at it. It looks like it, an un-ramen. Is it just gum? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just shredded bubble gum. Gum that promotes smoking. Oh. In the tobacco industry. Gum that promotes smokeless tobacco. Thank you very yeah. much. Yes. Yeah. Smokeless tobacco. Makes it sound classy. Huh. I'm a great I'm a great man, but this is original flavor. Out of here original. Oh, I've never seen the original. I've only ever seen the grape. There's cool. grape and there's watermelon. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Kids don't seem to eat candy anymore like we did. You always had, like, your preference. Like, what was your one favorite thing that you go get at the local, you know, corner grocery store? I like one of those ones, the little sticks that you dipped into the sugar. Fun dip. Yeah, those were good. Oh, I still eat fun dip. We have, like... It's a big pack. The adult size pack? Yeah. What you got to do? Best place for candy anywhere is five below. Yes, that's where I get them. Like a child. Absolutely. You know what? I get it. Big, I get it. Big League Chew sometimes. Charleston Chew. Oh, that's a good one. That's the stuff right there. There's a... Chain store in the malls called Lolly and Pops, and they import chocolate and candy bars from Japan and from the UK. And wow. you can get, you know, uh, British dairy milk chocolate, which is pretty awesome. But they make their own Rice Krispie treats, and they are huge, and they're like stuffed with candy. That is, that that's a. That's a five dollar Rice Krispie treat. It's worth it. I'll have to check that out. I think we have one of those here. Such as that. Mike, how long? I've had Big League Chew in twenty years. How long does that flavor last? Three minutes. It's About mostly three? gone. All, it's mostly gone already. Yeah. Whoa. It makes you add in more Big League Chew. Now we're talking.
when it loses its flavor, do the Mr. Perfect thing where you spit it out and bat it into the crowd. Yeah. I'm not that talented. Eh. Well, let's you do some perfect. shout outs while I work on my chew. Mark Weber, <laughs> who are you shouting out? Um, yeah, I wasn't really ready to go first. Uh, let's give it up to my family for abandoning the main floor and letting me rule Castle Weber tonight <laughs> with my with my trusty steed who's asleep Sleeping right over there. The let's pet the dog. Pet the dog. Yeah, whatever. Emma Frost asleep on the couch. That's it. That's it. We're running late. I'm making up time. Go, Colton. Shout out. Uh, my husband for keeping me sane this week. <laughs> my my best friends for keeping me sane this week. You're welcome. <laughs> Your co-hosts for checking in when it was getting bad. And yes. Saying, You're okay, right? Yes. I almost had to go in on Wednesday, so I was like, yes, thank you for checking in. <laughs> yep. Co-hosts. Yep. Thank thank so, you. That's what we do. Yeah. Thank you to people for doing the right thing. Yeah. That's it. Terry Desard, you're our special guest. Who are we shouting out today? I was just gonna say, ironically, if Joe had died, Terry would have been on the show today. <laughs> Regardless of Sparks News. <laughs> oh, my shout out would be to Troy McKee for being just an awesome, awesome artist and a pillar of the G.I. Joe community. And to second one would be to Philip Donnelly for putting up with me for 15 years. Phil's <laughs> there, a sweetheart. Never would have been Yojo without Phil. No way. Oh, I was. I don't know what this is. Big league chew, right? I'll try it next what? time I go to five below. Last Here last we week, Phil Phil had one of the best comments in what's on Joe Mine history, where he said, "The podcast that talks about child abuse, that's us." That no, the podcast that talks about beating up third graders. Yeah, <laughs> same difference. I'm going to go ahead and echo Diana's sentiments oh, to yeah, shout yeah. out to Jay Sullivan. Yes! Who is still fighting COVID-19 and needs support. Uh, please go to his site and buy his art. Because you know what a great health plan artists have? Yeah. yeah. Which is to say they have GoFundMe pages. So please go buy Jay Sullivan's art. This is the time. It is fantastic. Great guy. Just, I don't want to say something like that and spit gum right afterwards. Right, great guy, great artist, and guy who could who could use a hand from the community right now. So, good Jay for Diana. Become good friends over the last two years, and he's amazing. And this is just heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And anything that anybody can do to help him out, or his family, there, you know, it's not just the person who's sick; it's the family with him that is, you know, going along with it. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you can do, buy his art, send out a message, even just saying that, hey, we're thinking of you, we're pulling for you, whatever you can do. 
He's a good man. He's a very good man. I uh, also want to give a shout out to our friends at Kokomo Toys. Again, sponsoring our our happy giveaways. Uh, get out and plug the damn show. Uh, give a shout out to Racktime Rob, who's back to work this week. The bum. That's right. Give a shout out to hey. Mark and to Joe, the co-hosts with the co-hosts, <laughs> and of course to our special guest Terry Desard. That's right. Thank you very much. And last but certainly not least, the Ford Gum and Machine Company, Akron, New York, <laughs> makers of Big League Chew. <laughs> this better be the best gum I ever taste. It's pretty damn fantastic. Yeah. I'm really yeah, bad at blowing less. bubbles, though. I think you're just ingesting a quarter pound of sugar. <laughs> that, seem, that seems a little light, but <laughs> probably. That crash is coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I'm off tomorrow. You're not you're not 25 anymore. I don't need to be. Nah, isn't that for sure? I'm in the big leagues. Because <laughs> I'm in the big league too. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so that's it at an hour forty-five. God knows this this was this had a point. For my co-host Joe and Mark. For our special guest, Terry Desart, I'm Mike Irizarry. Thanks for joining us here on What's On Joe Mind. Remember, we are still in a pandemic, so please exercise your freedom of choice. Choose to stay inside. Choose to wear a mask when you go out in public. Choose to practice social distancing. And choose to wash your hands way more than regularly. Have a great evening. Keep yourself safe out there. Good night, everybody. Wait, wait for it, wait for it. Oh my God. Oh no. Bye. Bye.